Good evening to our neighbors and listeners. Coming to you live from the 215 here in Germantown, you're listening to the award-winning Germantown InfoHub Radio Hour. I'm the community reporter, Rashida Jamu, a.k.a. Philly's Freedom John. The InfoHub Hour explores everything happening in Germantown and the city of Philadelphia, and we cover them in an hour or less. Check out what's going on by visiting our website at germantowninfohub.org, Twitter and Instagram at, at gtowninfohub, or on Facebook at Germantown Info Hub. Yesterday was International Women's Day, a day where we acknowledge and celebrate women's contributions to various aspects of our lives. This entire month is also dedicated to learning about the history of women who have helped shape the present and beyond that, the future. Germantown is no stranger to strong women, as the Info Hub has mentioned and covered various history makers born here have passed through Germantown during their lives, or decided to settle and make this their home. Some names include Maggie Kuhn, Trapita B. Mason, Yolanda Wisher, Sonia Sanchez, Dinah, Eve, Elaine Brown, Lola Falana, Vashti Dubois, Salima Suswell, Harriet Tubman, Ursula Rucker, Clarice Herbert, and many more. Today, listeners will hear from four women who do work in the Germantown community and contribute greatly to our culture. These women answer questions about the work that they do, who inspires them, who they hope to inspire, what are some of their plans for the future, and more. First up is a woman who once volunteered at the very organization where she is now the executive director. She says at age 13, she began going to gain service hours but quickly learned a greater life lesson in humility, which she carries with her today. He is the executive director of Whosoever Gospel Mission on Shelton Avenue, Heather Rice. My name is Heather Rice. I have the privilege of serving at the Whosoever Gospel Mission, which has been in Germantown since 1892. So 131 years later, uh, we are still serving homeless men who come to the mission looking for a way to rebuild life, get a job, deal with addiction issues, uh, launch out into their own permanent housing. We get to do a whole lot of things that lead to that point. And I just have enjoyed being here really since I was 13 years old. One of the things I really enjoy about seeing uh, impact in actual lives of men and their families, you know, when I started coming to the mission back in 93, I was a freshman at Central High School, and we had to do community service somewhere. And uh, I came to the mission because it was a short ride on the 26th, and there was a girl in my English class coming here, and I, I was oblivious, I knew nothing, um, but I came, and we had fun sorting clothes in the sorting room for the thrift shop. We would peel potatoes, sort canned goods, do mailings, all kinds of stuff, but I got to meet the men who were here men who were experiencing homelessness, men who were struggling with addictions, men who had all kinds of broken just things in their life, family relationships, all kinds of things. And we got to see the same guys week after week because it's a long-term program. And I got to actually build relationships with some people that I had these complete misconceptions about in just life. And um, being able to get to know them as people and getting to know their families. Um, and as men graduated, did well, moved into their own place and came back, I got to actually see them reintegrate into just normal life and society. And it really grabbed me. Like even as a kid, that really grabbed me. And I thought, you know, I don't know how to fix whole systems. I hate 
the way our systems are, but I, I am not smart enough to fix them. But what I can do is I can pour my energy, time, resources, relationships into helping individuals stuck in the midst of systems to actually succeed. And being able to see that and enjoy relationships after they've done well and graduated, moved on, stay connected and remain friends. Um, I mean, my, my goddaughter is the daughter of a graduate of the mission and we're family, you know? And, and so being able to really see those relationships continue as people flourish, that's what gets me going. You know, when you do work like this, sometimes people outside think, wow, it's amazing. You must be so good and sacrificial and sold out. And, and you know, when you do it on the inside, it just feels right. It just feels normal. It feels like what you're just made to do. I mean, if, if we're to live in society and community connected with people, nothing feels more natural than just connecting with people and helping where we can help, you know, growing up. Um, I thought everybody had a fire extinguisher in the back of their car because how else would you put out a car fire if you saw one? It's just how my, my parents were always just like, how can we help a neighbor? How can we connect with those around us? What's, what's the need and how can we help? It's just a way of life. It's normal. And when you do that, you get to enjoy relationships with people that you wouldn't normally have met or known. And so it enriches your life completely. So I, I get more out of doing this <laughs> than I give hundred percent. So, um, it's, it's not a, it's not a hard thing to do. It's a natural thing to do. And I just enjoy it. When I think about women in the past who I, I look up to, there's a woman, a doctor by the name of Helen Rosevere. Uh, she's no longer living, but she served uh, in Africa specifically to bring healthcare to a, an area that was desperately in need of it. And she got there and the team she was working with had her physically work to build a well and uh, a building. And she's getting her hands all beaten up and she's thinking this is a waste of my resources, a waste of my skill, a waste of my ability. And then she realized, no, this is what's needed. It's not about me. It's about what the need is in the moment. And the, the thing I love about her, nobody knows her. She's just, a, she's just a no-named person. But the thing I love about her is she wasn't too big to do what was asked of her, even though her education, her skills, her, um, you know, her name, her glory was far bigger than, than just simply building a, a building or a well. And that, that's what I wanna be. I wanna be, I'd love to be invisible. I'd love people to forget me completely and just be impacted by the blessing of my work and my connecting with them and my relationship. So Helen Rosevere, she's a, she's a gal I look up to. I hope to inspire the kids that are in my life, the, the circle around me, nieces and nephews for sure, but students that come to the mission to volunteer. I was a student when I came and the mission totally transformed my, my life, my outlook, the way I relate to people. Um, I was a pretty judgmental, hard, just obnoxious kid. I really was. And the mission really taught me so much about myself, about other people, about life. Um, it helped me enjoy people and see, see them for who they are. And I, I know that the experience of coming here and working side by side with our team and the men who come here, I know that that really does transform the way people think. And, and I hope to do that for all the students that come and volunteer uh, and for the kids that are just sort of in the, the, the circle of my life who get to come and be a part of the mission's work. When we look down the road at the 
time in front of us, we have a heart and a passion for opening a place called Hannah's Place, which would be for moms and kids or just single women. One of the greatest needs we see in the area is for long-term housing and programming to help launch families into independent living. There's really not around a lot around Philly for that. And it's been our desire to do that for a long time. It requires some significant money between here and there. We need to raise several million dollars to do it, um, but it's not a goal that we're willing to give up on. And so we are actively working towards that. One of the ways that people can help us now, we have a need for volunteer tutors. We have teachers on staff that work with our residents to do basic reading, writing, and math. We have classes that we teach, but we rely on volunteers to come in and provide one-on-one support in tutoring sessions for our most vulnerable learners. Anybody who scores below seventh grade in reading, writing, or math, we automatically try to pair them with a volunteer tutor in those subject areas. We also have guys working hard towards getting their high set or their GED. And so we need folks to do more advanced tutoring in math and science. And so um, if someone is available and interested, we would love to connect them with our learning program as a tutor. Once again, that was Heather Rice. Our next voice was inspired by the rapid displacement that she witnessed and experienced during her life in the city of Philadelphia. As a Black woman, she questioned what she could do to help people see the value in the Black neighborhoods of our beloved city. While that question lingered in her mind, she never thought it would lead her to run her own tourism company, where she takes natives and tourists around the city to uncover hidden stories of the hood. One of the experiences that she hosts is even a guided meditation session in the middle of Vernon Park. She is Chrissy Watts, founder and operator of Philly Experiences. My name is Chrissy Watts, a Philly native, founder, CEO, fancy titles. Uh, I'm mainly the hood advocate behind the brand Philly Experiences. And this brand hosts a variety of Black culture tours, wellness events, and party buses, amongst a few other things you can check out on our website. And it's done to build community and redirect tourist dollars to our businesses. The impact that Philly Experiences has had is double-fold. It has been the people I've been attracting, so the customers, whether they're locals or visitors, they are really excited to see what Philly has to offer outside of what they've only known it as, right? Like we're typically the cheesesteak, soft pretzel, rocky statue city. (laughs) And I allow them to go deeper than that and see the community. So the impact has been really community driven. People are more emotionally tied to the city if they're visiting. And the locals are realizing that there's other dope locals and they don't have to suffer with the friends they currently have. The other side of the impact is it forced me to grow, like I know entrepreneurship does, but in a way that made me fall in love with Philly in an incredible way. The work that I'm doing now came from loneliness, my overdramatic romanticism of Blackness, <laughs> and the phrase be the change you want to see. I kept hearing it, I hate cliches, and then I turned out to be many of them. (laughs) So be the change you want to see is I grew up watching a city 
displaced its people. I was a victim of that displacement, but I also saw a local community come together no matter what, despite all the trauma that was happening around them. And growing up in North Philly, that looked like um, Dorney Park trips, going down to the shore, um, block parties, just playing on the playground, going to like all the rec centers, uh, camp. I absolutely loved it. And I feel like there's a disconnect in adulthood that we need to get back to our inner child and not let work kill us, because it is. Work in life is so stressful. So my goal is to create experiences where you can let your hair down, make friends, and connect. My life now, I'm glad to say, is 80% happy tears. I cry often because I'm grateful that I've been chosen. I've been frustrated that I've been chosen. <laughs> I've been uh, angry that I've been chosen because I'm not a front-facing person. I've always hid behind everything. My previous work as a photographer, lifestyle photographer, allowed me to hide behind the camera. My work as a nanny allowed me to hide in people's houses. <laughs> so being able to be the face of a brand that's doing big things and finally getting um, citywide recognition outside of the global one on Airbnb has been emotional. So that's probably the best best phrase. And being a Capricorn that is anti-Capricorn. <laughs> My sister is the reason why I am doing any of this. For some reason, she is, not for some reason, my sister's a genius. She's a genius that never leaves the house. And <laughs> she just knows everything about every body everywhere. She's the type that answers every question correctly on Jeopardy. And it's amazing. Um, and she is the reason why I knew about all the platforms that I'm now on. And she pushed me. She financially supported me for all my decisions. She still does. If I need anything, I can call her. And she and she hasn't asked for any steak and Philly experiences yet, but I'll probably leave for some. <laughs> so I appreciate her for just being able to push me and have honest conversations with me, allowing me to be a, a she's a safe space for me to have honest conversations with her too. So it's definitely my sister Selena. I hope to inspire those that actually invest their time and being supportive on social media. I hope to attract them. If I never get a chance to meet them, I hope that they walk away seeing that it's okay to take up space, um, dive into fields you never thought you'd be in. I never thought I'd be in tourism. I knew I'd be doing something within community, but I thought it would happen um, through the foster care system. I thought I was supposed to adopt a bunch of kids. So maybe I still am. <laughs> Who knows? But as of now, just whoever comes across my path, I hope you get something. I hope if I bring up something in you, good or bad, you do the work. I hope you come out to one of my experiences to do the work because I realize what has been happening, how emotional all my experiences are, no matter how fun, ratchet, or good. They're there to inspire because people are around. Uh, I guess this will be an exclusive. <laughs> Yes, Philly Experiences is bringing back my, my once poorly constructed soul food crawl. And I actually now have two of them in my head. One that's a walking version for Uptown slash Germantown. And a second one that's citywide where I can partner with Black and local owned party bus companies to like do it really big. Especially since I see how 
blackity black, this city is about to get like the HBCU reunion, Roots Picnic, a Dune Day. Oh my gosh, like Juneteenth. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I'm ready to do it. Um to do it big and step outside my comfort zone and go for it. I'm really excited about it. So we technically have two so one soulful crawl and one just everything, food and culture crawl that I'm going to put together really that I'm going to announce really soon and see what restaurant and businesses want to jump in on this. Once again, that was Chrissy Watts. This next woman has been into planting her entire life. She says it's insane. It's she says it's ancestral for her because she came up with the adults around her doing it. She uses her knowledge and green thumb to educate the community on things like farming, gardening, and growing their own food. She usually hosts a plant experience every year, but this year she will expand beyond that and host farmer's markets as well. She is Erica Johnson, otherwise known as Diva Erica, and she is the founder and owner of Black Implanted. Erica Johnson. The work that I do is I consider myself, I'm the owner of Black Implanted, and we are a community-based plant boutique where we are educating the community and giving the community everything from farming to plant education in the Germantown and surrounding areas. The impact that my work has had on the community is that we are delving deeper into our education. So we want to educate the community on the basically how to start farming, how to start container gardening, how to start growing their own fruits and vegetables um, within their own homes, within their communities or other establishments. So that's our basis right now. This is what we're doing in the community. Um, I'm in training to be a master gardener currently. So that's part of the education process that we are right now to be focused on that. And we want to make sure that the community learns how to grow what they eat and then learn how to cook what they have grown. So that's our focus, especially for this year in 2023. It's ancestral for me. My grandmother, my grandfather, my aunt, they all got me into gardening. I've always loved flowers. I've always loved herbs. So those are the people that got me into what I'm doing now. Those are the people that led the way for what I'm doing now in the community. And I just decided to take it to the next level, take the training that I've gotten from them, taking the training that I've learned in different areas and different atmosphere. Um, I love educating myself about what's going on with our farms, our urban farms, our plant life, our vegetation, and how, how we're growing in the industry. And then also noting the disparities in the industry. So that's some of the things that I've actually learned um, through my ancestors. They got me really inspired for it. So I'm glad to be taking this stance and be able to give it to a broader audience, which is our community. I feel as though if one person in the family knows how to grow, then they can spread that and they can feed their family. They can feed more than one person, depending on if just one person can grow in a family. Who is a woman that inspires me? Of course, starting with the woman that birthed me, my mother. That's where I get my serial entrepreneurism from. <laughs> she had my hands in everything. 
So that's where I get most of my inspiration from. My mother, all the ancestors before me, my mother, my grandmothers, um, Louise Johnson, Mother Thelma Beatty, my mother, Iris Beatty Johnson, along with all of my aunts that have raised me. Those are the main pillars in my life that have helped me and inspire me by the work that they have done. So I can only look at them and look up to them to emulate the inspiration to emulate the hustler to emulate the spiritual um impact that they have given me in my life and then when you look throughout your life it can be friends that have inspired me it could be somebody in the various industries or communities that I work in there's always a hero in our neighborhoods there so they're just different people when I look at our generations there's somebody in in the boomer era that you know inspires me there's millennials out here that inspire me there's even Gen Zers that inspire me because I believe that if you latch on to people from different eras and different times, you get different types of information and wisdom. So if you're open to that, then you can learn much from the different generations. So I think that they are inspiring me. You know, the younger generation can inspire me to continue to keep going, to keep the ideas fresh, to know what's current. You know, they are important for that because they have the pulse on what is right now. So of course, all generations inspire me, but my ancestors, they really have it for me. My mother, my grandmother. I mean, I wouldn't know how to do all the little things that I know how to do and be so gifted at um, by watching and following the things that they taught me. Oh gosh, I hope to inspire the little girl that wants to do whatever she desires to do, whatever her dreams are. The young man that desires to be great at whatever his aspirations are. I hope to inspire somebody who is maybe in their more mature years and I can inspire them daily by my words, inspire them daily by my actions or how I happen to live my life. I try to inspire everybody in the community um, because I, and, and small businesses, because I'm so passionate about it. I'm so passionate about the work that is done in our communities for the positive, the work that's done in our communities to keep us together as a village. So those are the type of connections that keep us thriving. So it's, that is definitely something that's important to us and to keep the community going. I, as the owner of Black and Planet, we like to do community-themed events. So some of the things that we're doing for the community this year is that we are going to be um, implementing more educational classes. Um, we, I will be teaching a C to supper class in conjunction with SHARE and uh, Penn State. So if you want to sign up for that, you can contact me at Black and Planted either on Instagram or Facebook. Another thing we're working on for the community is the uh, inauguration of the Jabali Jungle Farmers Market. We're calling it the Jabali Farmers Market. It'll take place on three dates, June 10th, July 15th, and August 19th. And that's going to be hosted at Avenues Cafe, which is at the intersection of Germantown Avenue and Mount Airy Avenues. That's going to be on the dates um, that I said before, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. And then we're going to be looking to do like a networking half hour before the event begins. So businesses and those that want to come in can come into network at Avenues. They can get to meet each other. They can get their coffee and their beverages and other snacks and, and delicacies and food with Avenues cafe so we're going to be doing it street style it's going to be family fun farmers market and we're putting a spotlight 
on our farms, our wellness businesses, our artists and makers, and even our musical talent and our poets. So we're looking for people. We're looking for our vendors right now. So if you're following, you can start following us at Jabali Farmers Market. That's J-A-B-A-L-I Farmers Market. Or email me at jabalifarmersmarket at gmail.com. Of course. Of course, Jabali means rock, and we say that we are strong as a rock and we're strong as a community together. So this is a community effort. It's a community base to bring this farmer's market to the Mount Airy area right at the intersection of Germantown and Mount Airy Avenues. And of course, along with that, we also, especially because we're being interviewed by Germantown Info Hub, we wanted to drop a very, very special date the Jabali Jungle Plant Experience, which is going to be going on in its third year. We're going to be hosted again at the historic Wick House Garden and Farm at 6026 Germantown Avenue. We're dropping that. That date is going to be on Saturday, August the 12th from 12 to 4 p.m. We're bringing that experience back to the Wick House. We're so excited to work with our vendors, with our plant companies. This is where we highlight our BIPOC plant and plant farms, plant companies, our farms, our floral companies. We have many classes. We do giveaways for the community. We have a live DJ, there are pictures, people are walking through the garden. So there's so much fun in this fun fill pack day for the family. We want you to get ready. We're dropping the date. It's going to be Saturday, August 12th from 12 to 4 p.m. That's going to be the Jabali Jungle Plant Experience. And you can follow me at Black and Planted on Facebook and Instagram for more information about that. So we're trying to make sure that the community for the summertime has some great events, can connect with some awesome businesses, can do some networking and also do some great shopping too, because I'm gonna bring you some great, awesome businesses in our community. And we just wanna put spotlight on that and spotlight on start growing in your own house and become stronger as a community together. So those are some of the things that we're working on and we are so excited to be bringing this stuff to the community. Once again, that was Erica Johnson. This last voice moved to Germantown with her partner and their two children 21 years ago. 11 years ago in 2012, the two opened an art space after feeling that the neighborhood lacked a centralized place for creators to showcase their art. The space used to sit on Green Street, but now exists down the street on Germantown Avenue. Its mission is to give art a voice to facilitate and to engage in conversation. One half of that duo calls this hub her labor of love. She is the executive director of the Imperfect Gallery. Let's welcome Rocio Cabello. My name is uh, Rocio Cabello. I am a visual artist, a gardener, a mother, and I am the executive director of Imperfect Gallery in Germantown. Imperfect Gallery is my labor of love for the past 10 years in the neighborhood that I love. It's been an incredible tool to galvanize the artistic community in an area where there were lots and lots of artists of all kinds, uh, visual, there's, there's writers, there's incredible musicians in my neighborhood. And, but we did not have a place to, to gather, to show our work, to talk, to meet each other even. And 
we just felt that it was a big void in this area and we got tired of waiting for somebody else to do something. Uh, so we decided to just go ahead and do what we could with the little means that we had, but we had a, lots of support and just love for the community. And that really has is what has gotten through us through all the challenges that we've had, but also brought in so much joy and really, really filled in that gap that we felt um, was huge in this area. Uh, we we felt that we were very isolated in um, in the cultural life of Philadelphia. Um, in for you had to go downtown for almost everything to either appreciate art or to show your own art or to perform your arts. And we just thought, well, if we do something closer to us, then all the people that live around us will have a place to to share. And that's exactly what Imperfect Gallery has become, a place where we can all share and inspire each other. Yeah, I think that's that's the main reason why why we, we do what we do and how we've lasted 10 years. <laughs> it's unbelievable to us <laughs> how we've, we've been here for so long. The impact. Well, the first, th the first thing that we noticed was the gratitude. The gratitude and the support that came out of the woodwork as soon as we we opened and we let people know what, what our intentions were. Um, people just really threw down. And that was, that was extremely, ah, um, oh, what's the word? I think now I'm at a loss of words. <laughs> It just validates, validates what you're trying to do. Um, it, every, everybody just really supported us in ways that we cannot even, I can't even begin to tell you. There's just so many ways uh, from in kind to, to just being there, to helping us out, people performing for free. Everything was just, it's just been an amazing show of, of support. But also we noticed that after we did what we did, after we opened, there were small efforts by other people to do things. You know, in the in the very, very beginning, before we even opened, when we were still looking for a place to rent, talk to a lot of neighbors, we were knocking on doors of of empty empty uh, locations and some people were not mm, convinced that we were doing the right thing. Um, you know, they question why why do we want to do that here? You know, there's not an audience for all that stuff over here. And why do you want to do that in Germantown? And but after a while, um, I think the fact that we did it anyway, uh, it just gave people the courage to to try out their crazy ideas and little efforts have been popping up in which is very inspiring to me it just helps keep us going because we can see that it's it's rubbing off <laughs> the the optimism the they just 
just do it type of attitude. I've seen it. I've seen it. And because also we do, I do a lot of, we try to do public work. We get to talk to people in the streets, not just the people that walk into our gallery. It really does impact people. Even when you're not, you don't even notice when you are. Just to give you a a silly example, um, when we first moved into the place that we are now, there was an empty tree well in front of the gallery with a dead tree, a dead tree falling down when we first took it. We took down the tree and in the beginning, you know, we were concentrated on the inside and we didn't do much outside. But once the inside was kind of okay, I started planting things and putting flowers and putting, we brought pots and there was, we we turned the whole outside into a much more pleasant green and colorful storefront. And strangers, neighbors, everybody, started even leaving gifts for us <laughs> on the on the tree well they would leave me little things to plant one day uh, we found that somebody i don't we don't know who had planted some extra flowers that i never planted and rennie came to me and said hey did you put some flowers outside and i said no no there's no sunflowers out there and then we went out and there were some flowers i have no idea who when or how but they showed up and things like that, you know, that, and then people, of course, would come in and tell us uh, what a beautiful, how, how the the block looks so much more alive now. And, you know, we just realize everything you do wraps off. You do positive things, that wraps off. You do negative things, that wraps off too, unfortunately. But um, it's hard to recount the many ways that I've seen the ripple effects of of what we did and and sometimes you know we don't even do it for that purpose but people surprise us all the time it's extremely rewarding and if the this work that we do is extremely rewarding i honestly in the beginning we were we knew that people felt the same way that we did so in the beginning we really we you always start from your own your own desires. You know, we wanted to affect our own life. I wanted to affect my neighborhood. I wanted to affect the area where my children were going to grow up. Uh, I needed to connect to my neighbors. I love the fact that as soon as I moved into this neighborhood 20 years ago, 22 years ago, I came from New York in, in 2002, not knowing anyone here. But I just fell in love with the neighborhood, just walking around. And I had this really good feeling. Uh, And again, not knowing anyone, we just did it. We moved. And suddenly, you know, we noticed something very different from New York. People in the streets were saying good morning to you. And at that point, my, my first son was only two years old. So I saw how that impacted him. Um... He was walking around saying hello to everyone. And I love that. I love, I immediately adopted that attitude of just being friendly to anyone. So I, I honestly, I, I did it. First, you, you start from very personal reasons for, for your own reasons. Um, but I knew from experience, from things that I had also done in New York, that um, eventually you end up affecting your community. 
because you're not really isolated. And so moving here was a big change, but um, but then we decided to try things out the way we used to do that in, in New York. And I feel really good about the outcome, uh, the, the community that we have built here. And my children really were, it's one of my biggest inspirations to, to do anything. They, they give me the strength to even do things that sometimes make me jump out of my comfort zone. <laughs> But I'm getting I'm getting better at the at, at those uncomfortable places. <laughs> so I would say, in a word, it's extremely rewarding. This is not a person, but it's more of a, I guess, a feminine spirit. <laughs> it's Mother Earth. Nature, nature has proven to me an extremely healing force, a force that multiplies that grow is constantly growing and changing just like all of us and i would say that i i tap into that that channel every time i'm trying to come up with something new to to bring to the table before i did any of this work i was a, a an avid gardener and that's how i earned my living for a while and being a witness to a close up witness <laughs> to how nature exists and creates, destroys, recreates. It was so eye-opening to me. And it translated into everything that I did. That same spirit of, well, we're going to start over or try something else or um, rebound from tragedies. Uh, it's just... It, it's hard to pinpoint a person. There's been so many women who who I've come across in my life that everybody gave me a little something that I needed at that moment. Um, my friends. Um, like I said, you know, when I came here, I didn't know anyone. And right away, the first people I met were fellow gardeners. Uh, my neighbors that were, I joined the community garden in, on my block and I met so many other like-minded people. And I just, I learned and learned and learned from anyone that crossed my path. <laughs> so I, I'm sorry, I just, I cannot point. There's so many women artists that I still, to this day, I admire. I don't know how they do what they do. Um, Betsy Casañas is one of them. I hope to someday do what she does, but it's just it's just so inspiring to when you see women that go against all odds and and just do what they love and no excuses. <laughs> Without excuses. Who do I hope to inspire? I guess anyone that crosses our path in, you know, with the gallery, I, I my reach has become a lot wider than than before. It's not just your personal contacts now. Um yeah, my community, my neighbors. Those are the first ones that that are that I affect, that I have a closer contact with, I guess. That see what we're doing, that um uh, get the courage to also follow their dreams. Because honestly, it's it's a rough road. It's not for the faint of heart. I can attest to that. There have been many times that it's where everything you do is challenging sometimes. But um, 
I think your conviction. And once you see that other people see that you did it anyway, and then they feel like, yes, they can do it. Oh, yes, I can open my little coffee shop. I can open my another art gallery in my own house. Just to see that it's possible. Really, I, I don't have a, a targeted audience. I, I feel like the the world needs as many people as you as you can inspire to to do good for the benefit of everybody. It's not just uh, again a targeted audience. In my case, it's not a targeted audience. I I anyone. I have a rough idea, but I'm not really. I'm still working out how I'm gonna do it because the gallery honestly takes so much out of me. Um. And I just, I feel like I have, I don't have enough time to do everything I want to do. I just turned 61 a couple of weeks ago and I am beginning to feel like, oh my gosh, my energy is not what it used to be. Um, and, and so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to have to rework my priorities, how to prioritize the things I have to do because I've had this dream for a long time of creating a space here in the neighborhood um, where I can incorporate art and uh, natural space outdoors for people to come in and experience peace, experience joy, calmness. I had been looking for a place and I think I have found one. Now I'm I'm working to see how I'm gonna pull it off because something's gotta give. I I don't know if I can have the gallery and dedicate what I, what I feel it's gonna take to pull this off. I'm still work like I said I'm still working on it, but um I have I've been working in an open green space right across the street from the gallery. It actually belongs to the uh, Green Street Friends School. I am their gardener also. And I've been working, clearing up a space. And as I had been working on it, since I already had this idea for a long time that I wanted to, to find a space, I started thinking of, well, why not this space? I've been talking to now the administration to to see how they feel about the idea of maybe opening up that space to the community because it is now locked and and only the school uses it. But um, but there's a lot of times where they don't use it, and so I feel like it's uh it's almost uh, not a waste, but it's almost not fair <laughs> to have so much beauty and the space and the, the all the feelings that I have when I walk in that place. I want other people to feel that same way. And at this point, people just looking from the outside of the fence. Um, so my dream, my ultimate dream is to turn that into a a place of a respite, a place to where you can come and bring your book if you want to read a book if you want to lay down under the shade there's many trees in there on a block that has no trees it's my block is very hot 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 in the summer we have very very little shade 
um, and my my sidewalk is unbearable on an August afternoon. Um, we do not last more than ten minutes standing on on the sidewalk. But you cross the street, and I go into the that green space, and you immediately feel like ten to fifteen degrees cooler in there. Mm. And I feel like on this in the summer, when the school is closed and there's it's just locked the whole summer. Um, I could, you know, this past year through, with the pandemic, uh, we discovered that as I was working on in that place to, well, because that was my job to to keep it to keep it tidy and, and beautiful. Um, I noticed that there were a lot of people standing on the outside looking in and wondering, you know, what is this and why why can't we go in? Or even older folks who live who's been in the neighborhood for a long time would start asking me questions and they would come up to me because they would see me working and say, Oh my goodness, I used to I used to walk by here many years when I was a kid. And we used to play in there and there used to be a little pond in the back. And this fence used, used to not be here. And so I started hearing all the stories of the neighbors telling me that this place used to be open and there was, you know, there used to be a house many years ago that the house got demolished and it turns into an empty lot. And then the empty lot got donated to the school. The school turned it into a green area. But I know I sensed a uh, a longing of the people from my neighbors, from my neighborhood, of wanting to go back in. When the pandemic hit and we had to close the gallery, um, I asked for permission to the school to do events in there in the summer when the school was closed. And they did give me permission and we did do events in there. Concerts, just gatherings. We even held a memorial in there for a dear artist from the neighborhood who passed away during the pandemic. It just became this magical place to gather. And that's what gave me the idea of, wait a minute, this could be so much more than what it is. I know I knew that that was just a temporary thing, but it just gave me the my the hamster in my head started running in the wheel saying, wait, this could be the place you've been talking about. Why don't... Um, you know, just keep working on it. And I don't have a, a clear plan right now, but um, I would love to be able to open those gates and tell my neighbors, yes, you can come back in, come in, feel feel the medicine that it is to be surrounded by nature, because that's what it is. We, we I believe that, I honestly believe that um, many of the, problems that we have in our society now uh, stem from our lack of disconnection with our true nature, which is that we are part of nature. Nature is not this thing that you go and visit when you go to a park or the mountains or you go on vacation or, or no, we are part of this nature. Uh, you, we're not separated. I know many people feel like humans are a special, you know, there's like a hierarchy and we are more or better than animals and plants. And I don't see it that way. Um, we are all part of it. And 
it's detrimental to our mental health to be so disconnected that we don't even feel that anymore. We feel like we have to go somewhere to be in touch with nature. Um, I know I have personally felt the effects of, of in my in my own body, physically and emotionally, uh, when I when I'm working with the earth, when I'm surrounded by even not working, just being there does so much. And it's not just me. It's, this is this is true for everybody. It's just not everybody has the chance to experience that. And I would like to be a part of making that happen, making more people, um, making that experience available to more people. And I think that if we have, you know, times to read stories for to children under the trees or to let them build things using natural materials and to just find reasons for people to go there and and get their hands dirty, touch everything, feel your own connection. Mm. It's it's really like medicine. It's really like medicine. So my dream is to make that happen. After after we open back up, we have continued doing events over there. But now um, I need. I feel like I need to take it to the next level. So I'm preparing to. To hopefully do that, to hopefully do that, I, I would love to see everybody just walking in there, the way I do, and benefit. So yeah, that's my that's my pet project. <laughs> Once again, that was Rocio Cabello. Before we end today's show, I will share events and opportunities gathered for our reporter roundup, where we occasionally share events and opportunities in the interest of our neighbors available here in Germantown and around the city. First up, Philly Forest is looking for weekly and bi-weekly vendors for their Germantown Farmers Market, which will begin May 13th and run through November 18th. The markets are Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., and it is $25 per market day. They welcome farmers, bakeries, mushroom farms, herbalists, and any local food business to apply. Visit phillyforest.com slash farmers market to learn more and apply. Following in those footsteps, the Jabali Farmers Market is coming this season at Avenues Cafe at Germantown and Mount Airy Ave. This village-based farmers market will feature farms, artisans, live acts, and more through the summer fall season. You can pick your date of June 10th, July 15th, or August 19th. And the market is looking for vendors in all areas to be represented throughout the months, including farm vegetables and goods, plants, flower shops, honey, bread, baked goods, wares, apparel, ceramics, art, including live painting, skincare, service businesses, and nonprofits. They are also looking for sponsors and volunteers to help bring this event to life. Whether you want to help, support, or vend, Contact Erica Johnson at Jabali Farmers Market at gmail.com. That is J A B A L I for Jabali. For all inquiries, sponsorships, volunteers, and media requests, refer to the same email. Face to Face Germantown is hosting a homeowner's free legal clinic next Saturday, March 18th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. 
This is for low-income homeowners to learn their rights and ask legal questions surrounding deed, titles, property, real estate taxes, estate planning, and other homeowner issues. All are welcome to come as long as you're a low-income homeowner. The legal clinic will be held at Face-to-Face's Legal Center at 123 East Price Street, right off Germantown Avenue. Again, that is next Saturday, March 18th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. For questions, call 215-438-7939, extension 253, or visit org. Next up on the roundup is Philly Spring Cleanup being back for 2023. On April 1st, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., neighbors can either host or volunteer at a neighborhood cleanup site. Philly Spring Cleanup is the Streets Department's signature event, and it is the largest cleaning event taking place citywide in a single day. The city will offer a limited number of supplies to help with cleanup projects and sites, including trash bags, rakes, gloves, shovels, and brooms. Trash and recycling collection will also take place during these days at cleanup sites. Neighbors can either sign up to volunteer for an existing project, or you can register for your own project at phillyspringcleanup.com. If you are registering for a project, please move quickly as registration closes next Friday, March 17th. We hope you will get out, connect with your neighbors, queue up the space, and have a little bit of fun doing it. Our last point on our roundup agenda is that Imperfect Art Gallery, who we just heard from, is launching their new exhibition tomorrow, March 10th. The exhibition entitled Ephemeral Partner, Art About Relationship with More Than the Human World, will allow artists to question the notion of human mastery and dominion over the rest of the natural world and imagine reverent ways of walking with each other and this planet. This exhibition is actually the first show that Imperfect Art Gallery has not curated themselves, but, but instead has allowed curator Vivian Lehrer to do so. The opening reception will happen from 5 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., and then there will be rumba, otherwise known as live Afro-Cuban jam, until 12 a.m. They invite all to come out to their storefront at 5539 Germantown Ave for a night of art and fun. Well, Germantown, it is about that time. If you have story ideas or information that you want to share with the Germantown Info Hub, feel free to email gtowninfohub at gmail.com. You can also keep up with us on social media at Gtown Info Hub on Twitter and Instagram and Germantown Info Hub on Facebook. Additionally, you can read our stories at germantowninfohub.org. We also encourage listeners to text the Equally Informed Philly text line, which is another program under Resolve Philly, allowing Philadelphians to access information regarding Philadelphia services. The Equal Info line is a free bilingual English and Spanish question and answer vetting service that provides subscribers with vetted local news and resources. To start asking questions, text Equal Info to 73224. Equally Informed also supplies a community-driven print newsletter available at health centers and libraries all over the city. And that is about it. Once again, I'm Rashida Jamu, the reporter for the Info Hub. Thank you to all the voices who helped to construct today's episode. Thank you to all of the women across Germantown. And as always, thank you to our neighbors for always listening and engaging and allowing the Info Hub to serve you.
And until next time, good night, Germantown.